0: Thank you. Welcome to this Endo Life, season two, episode 14. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about bringing new guests who are battling chronic, chronic conditions and mental health issues in their own unique ways and are changing the lives of others with their amazing work. This episode is sponsored by The Endo Toolkit by Jessica Manan. The Endo Toolkit is a five week online program that equips you with tools to help you manage endometriosis, pain and symptoms. You may have heard Jessica on the podcast last week. I've had her on before and I've had her on the blog twice now, I think. Um, Jessica has stage four endometriosis and she transformed her life when she changed her lifestyle choices around food and Exercise and things. And it was a really gradual process, which she explains in the podcast and the interviews that I've done with her over the time. So, Jessica has taken her experience and her knowledge and skills and combined that with the knowledge of experts and has created this five week online program that covers endometriosis education. So, you can really get to know what you're dealing with and understand the disease and all of the symptoms, foods that support your body and reduce endometriosis symptoms movement, natural non-toxic products. So a lot of the products that we use today have endocrine disruptors in, so they can really mess up our hormones. Um, And it also covers alternative medicine like CBD and um, medicinal cannabis. The course includes weekly audio sessions, downloadable resources, weekly live Q and A's with Jess, a private community page so you can share your experiences, Endo-friendly recipes and discount on endo-friendly products. So, if you are interested, I've included the link in my show notes to get further information, or you can take the free um, course tour, or you could enrol. Um, the course enrolment ends Feb fourth, and the program begins on Feb seventh. I'm definitely doing it, as there are a few endo symptoms that, like, I still want to nip in the bud. Most of the month, I'm fine, but yeah, fatigue is definitely one of them, as you guys know. So maybe I'll see you in the community group. If you do do the course and you're in the group, say hey to me. And yeah, I look forward to doing it with you. Today I'm talking to Pandora Paloma. Isn't that the best name ever? Um, she is a holistic nutritionist, life coach, and yoga teacher. Pandora specializes in women's health, intuitive eating, well, actually intuitive eating and living and self-love empowerment. I really wanted to talk to Pandora to find out her story and path to self-love um, and also intuitive eating. So kind of eating, following what your what feels right to you, what you feel your body needs. Um, and Pandora had quite a broken relationship with her body and it was a long journey for her um, to learn to care for her body with compassion and kindness and intuition. And being on that journey has inspired her to help others um, help other women do the same so whether they're affected by an eating disorder or endometriosis or other hormonal conditions she helps women get in touch with their bodies and discover what they really need. I chatted to Pandora about learning how to love ourselves and our bodies more how to eat to reduce inflammation and balance our hormones It's like both of those are big aspects with endometriosis and while self-care really needs to be a priority in order for us to really love ourselves and really feel the benefit of that love. It was a super interesting conversation and I feel like we covered lots of ground so there should be lots in there for you guys. If you're interested in working with Paloma I've put a link to her one-on-one sessions but also her intuitive eating program. That program's already started but you can join if probably if you join this week. If you decide to join a bit later I'll just give her an email to check. But I've spoken to her and it should still be open. So um, yeah, go and check it out. I really hope you enjoy the podcast and I will see you in two weeks time. So you obviously run Rooted London. um, But before we get into what you do there um, and like your ethos and how you work, can you tell us a bit about your personal story with your body and food? I know there's quite a lot of history there and that's kind of inspired what you do now
1: yes absolutely so i um i had sort of a um a mix of eating disorders i suppose when i was a kid Mm -hmm. um when i was at school it was very much about controlling and and not eating very much food um and then if i did have to eat large amounts of food i would make myself um sick um and then That sort of changed when I moved to London at 16 and, you know, I found partying and booze and smoking and fun (laughs) and um, stopped sort of being so obsessed with my body and more obsessed with kind of going out. And um, then I sort of had a bit of a relapse um, when I was about 18 and got really into sort of health and fitness, um, but actually in a a very negative way. Mm. So whilst on the surface I looked, and I see this a lot, a lot with my clients, Um, while on the surface I looked, you know, very fit and well, and obviously I was very slender. Mm. Um, I was militant about going to the gym, how much exercise I'd done, what I'd eaten. Um, I really restricted myself, so I didn't eat carbohydrates. I didn't eat um, a lot of meat. I didn't, you know, it was, it was very, very what you would call like a clean diet. Yeah. Um, but I was also sort of necking a bottle of wine most nights. So <laughs> interesting, um, to sort of think that, you know, and, and again, I see that a lot with clients now, it's like, you don't see that as being a negative, right. um, you wouldn't touch like a cinnamon bun, you know, or, yeah. or, or some chips or whatever. Um, and I think, so because of that, I just knew that I'd always sort of had these, these issues with food and I really wasn't happy with my body and it was almost like, you know, I would never be happy with my body mm-hmm. um, because even at that time, you know, I was tiny, um, but I still thought I was fat and that I could, you know, lose a bit more weight. And I used to, you know, weigh myself every day, sometimes up to five times a day, like when I got in from from work and then maybe wow. I'd eat dinner and then I'd throw up and then I'd weigh myself again. And like, oh, my God, I've only lost a pound. Like it was yeah. really intense. Um, and then I so... I think training and nutrition definitely was um, a turning point for me. I'd already stopped kind of having so much of a problem um, by that point, but I think educating myself on actually what my body did for me on a daily basis just—I just found this like newfound respect for for my body, and um, you know, started thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, I've really got to stop." thinking this way and treating my body in this way because it's it's not respectful um and then I trained in as a yoga teacher as well and I think that really helped me connect deeply to my body um mm. in a way that you know sort of learning about food and nutrition can't really so I think it was that sort of mix of the two um that really that really helped me and before that I sort of dabbled in um a lot of mind health stuff so you know i'd done sort of weekends you know um learning meditation and um different ways of healing really um and i I suppose it was just this cult you know like um accumulation of all these different things that i was learning that just sort of made me realize that you know loving myself and accepting myself was really important um and yeah, so the more the more that I learn, um, the more sort of I felt that actually I had a an offering and a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd read the intuitive eating book um, a while back and it really it really resonated with me. Um, and so I sort of but what I what I felt was missing was sort of practical day-to-day advice and a lot of the life coaching advice so I, by this point I trained as a life coach as well um <laughs> you're, you're trained in so many things how yeah, many years did this take lots of things well yeah I mean I did um I mean gosh nutrition was sort of three years mm. I did end up doing yoga and nutrition around the same time which was a bit intense oh, gosh. For all. yeah that's intense. Um, but, and then I and then I trained in the, in the life coaching, um, and I'd done various other sort of weekends that had supported my work as a life coach as well. Yeah. Um, but I just found that actually, you know, it's all very well saying to people, right, you need to eat this and you need to think better about this, but you know, if you've got a really stressful job or you're in a relationship that you hate or you're unsure what your purpose is in life, it doesn't matter what you're eating, you're not going to be feeling sort of well and you're not going to be um living with optimum health so actually mm. sort of coaching stuff really is very important and i see that that they work in tandem um you know for, for any any client really um the power of the mind is is incredible and we we can't forget that you know we really do need to nurture nurture our mental health um but yeah so so I think you know kind of working on all of that and then um and then that's sort of you know how I got to it today really and then I thought of doing an online program um and intuitive eating and living just seemed like it was the right fit for me because it was definitely sort of what I'd lived through and what Mm. I knew so much about and you know all the things that I'd learned I wanted to share um and yeah, so that's what I do. I sort of see clients obviously one to one. I do quite a bit of corporate work, so going into offices and doing one-to-ones or talks and things like that. And then I have my online programme um and I do sort of see people on Skype as well. Um and and it works and it, it it you know, I absolutely I mean I love what I do, um, but it really came from a very personal but a very personal place, but also being just very interested in in women, particularly um, and their bodies, and you know the 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 relationship we have, I think, with ourselves.
0: Mm. Mm. Do you think that? I mean, I've got so many questions now. All of a sudden, that, I mean, with the um, healing, because I know that you mentioned on your website that you felt quite disconnected from your body and your process of healing was kind of about reconnecting with your body. And so had you started that healing process before you did the nutrition course or did yeah. you – because it's quite interesting. Often you find people go on a personal journey with maybe an eating disorder or health problems. They work on that personally and then they go, oh, now I want to do nutrition. But you started it still whilst you were recovering. And yeah
1: so did, yeah, you- I did I did a lot of things before you know I sort of trained in or, or not not trained but um I did sort of meditation courses and um I'd gone to see different sort of t- types of healers and practitioners and um it's funny I went to it kind of for me it coincided with not being happy in my career right I was working in PR and um hated my job at the time and I thought maybe it's because I've been doing this particular I've been doing beauty PR for a while Mm. and I thought maybe I need to go and do something else I went to work for this other company called Mischief which I loved um but within three months, I was like, no, it's it's definitely PR that I don't like doing. You know, <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't wasn't. I, I just didn't have the passion for it
0: anymore. Yeah.
1: Um. I went to India. It's funny, you know, that age. Of, oh, did you go and find yourself? <laughs> I didn't actually. I didn't find myself in India, but I came back and definitely. I think just having two weeks on my own, it really allowed me to sit and and I found quite a lot of medicine in that silence. And I talk about that a lot. Actually, you've got to find you know stillness is medicine basically you've got to be still in order to Mm. give your brain that ability to just rest and things come when you when you find stillness you know answers come and um so yeah whilst I wasn't like I didn't come back and be like right this is what I'm going to do I definitely felt more myself and I'd sort of given myself some time to just and you know be still um and and i think it was then that i sort of enrolled in 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 my training um and and i ended up going freelance so i was only working for one company between here well london and ibiza yeah Um, but that gave me the time to actually sort of start working from home um everything's a gradual process you know like even before so i've just moved to the coast even before I just moved to the coast, I had created the life that I wanted in London. You know, I worked for myself, yeah. um, I worked from home, everything was on my own, you know, my own time, but I still felt something was missing. And it was actually, I didn't wanna live in the city anymore. I wanted I wanted fresh air, I wanted sort of space and stillness. Mm. And this idea of space and stillness has always been something that's come, come into my life at different times. Um, and so before we moved, every meditation or any event that I went to, where I was sort of working on, you know, what do I need? What does my body need? Was my mind need? It was space and stillness. And of course now I've got it because I've moved out of London. Yeah. And I live by the water. And so you know, but that, that everything's a journey. Like you know, I'm sure in a couple of years' time that will come into into my realm again, and it'll be like right, maybe now's the time that I need to go travelling. Or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah it's just kind of really learning to listen, um, and, and, and and be at peace with the answers that you're going to receive, um, and not challenge them, you know, to sort of (laughs) allow them to just sit and then eventually things, things work out. Um, so yeah, I had done quite a bit of work on myself before I retrained. Um, and I think, you know, but, but I think with nutrition, I think with with any kind of life coaching I think with any within anyone's life there is always opportunities for growth and development and change and um and learning and it's you know that's what life is isn't it really Mm, yeah
0: exactly so you're um obviously you trained in naturopathic nutrition um which do you want to explain quickly what type of like dietitian that is just for people who haven't heard of it
1: Yeah. So, firstly, it it isn't a dietitian. Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, that's like the biggest thing. Um, There are so naturopathic nutrition um, nutritionists basically look at. um, We don't just look at at food. We will look at lifestyle. We will Mm -hmm. look at you know it's more it's more holistic in the approach really. Um, Dietitians look much more about the science of food um I don't look at the science of food I, I look at the science of food but I also bring in a lot of holistic tools as well um so the way that I work is very much you know okay what are you eating but how are you feeling yeah and what other stresses in your life do you have you know how's your how's your relationships how's your how's your job and um you know how's your home life and and where, where's your mind at how you know how how is your how is your mind health and, mm. and so it's, it's much more holistic in that way. Um, we are, you know, trained to look at research papers and, and science, and that's really important. And that's ever-changing, obviously. You know, there's different studies being released um, on a weekly basis. So, mm-hmm. you know, we do ourselves on top of things like that. Um, but we have a real good kind of education on, on sort of cross-section of all different types of ailments and diseases. Um, and yeah, so, so it's a really interesting way of looking at it. Um, I would probably advise more people to look at, you know, holistic remedies. So you might work with me and I might send you to an acupuncturist or a homeopathist or, you know, I sort of work within that realm. Um, and I'm not working against doctors at all, um, because, you know, I do think traditional medicine is really important. Um, but where I where possible I try will try and work with them yeah. so you know, they might offer one thing and I might say well actually let's see if we can try this on a more natural basis first and then see how we go um yeah so that's 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 how we work
0: and your approach is quite unique isn't it I mean you mentioned um earlier intuitive eating and do you want that's kind of the core of your work and as well as self-love empowerment. Do you want to talk about those approaches a bit more?
1: So sometimes, and I always admit this, my work will contradict itself because you might come in to see me as a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. as as a standard, you know, holistic nutritionist, and you've got polycystic ovaries or you've got endometriosis or you've got, um, a hormonal issue or, you know, um, you're looking to get pregnant. Now, inevitably, you know, there are going to be certain foods that I would advise that you, um, eat more of and eat less of. Okay. So I am going to dictate your diet a little bit, Mm -hmm. but once we find that beautiful sweet spot and balance in the body, I will then always encourage people to sort of live and eat intuitively. Um, So it's quite, um, you know, sometimes I do do change someone's diet in order to get the results that they want to get. But underlying all of that, it's always going to have self-love empowerment. You know, how do you feel about your body? How do you feel about yourself? Um, Because I think that's really important. Mm. Then the sort of intuitive eating comes in um you know as a sort of a third thing really um I then might have people who work with me purely on intuitive eating they um have yo-yo dieted for years they're sick and tired of it they don't you know their weight seems to go up and down and they need to really take hold of it and start kind of finding a better relationship with food and I do the six-week program that I do online I actually work sort of one-to-one with people on that as well right um the self-love stuff really is the basis of all of my work because you know you can eat all the right things um and you can meditate every day but if you don't love yourself you're never really going to feel sort of optimum health are you Mm -hmm. um you know it's yeah that, that was me before it was like I ate all the right things I was doing all the right things, but I didn't love myself. I wasn't kind to myself. You know, that negative, toxic um, self-talk was always there. Like, we well, you shouldn't wear that, or you're a bit fat for that, or your boobs are a bit saggy. You know, like, I was always sort of really quite toxic to myself when I talked to my body, you know, my, myself. And learning to sort of love yourself will, will always, I think, take you through um, any disease or ailment because you will learn to know sort of what your body intuitively needs at that time um whether that's to slow down whether it's to stop doing something that's not making you feel good or being with someone who's not making you feel good you know the love of the self i think is just the basis of of true health mm. um, for me anyway and that's sort of you know what i try and get across when I mean, i'm what seven and a half months pregnant now my body has changed loads in the last <laughs> seven and a half months and things have changed Like my nipples have changed they they look different now I could be like oh my god this is weird I don't like it or like oh my god I can feel my love handles they're so huge no I'm like I'm gonna I'm really gonna embody the, the, the this ideal of this sort of fertile woman yeah. because this is what I was here to do and I love this and I'm certainly not going to be sort of six weeks you know post-birth right back in my size 28 jeans that's just not who I am um, I'm going to give myself that time and I'm going to give my body that time and not sort of, you know, try and live up to this ideal of what everyone else thinks we should look like because I am my my own person, my own body. Um, and the self-love really comes into that, you know.
0: Like related to this, with your um, life coaching, I know one of the areas, well, two of the areas you focus on um, is body positivity and self-love yeah how it's obviously it's quite a difficult process to get to a point where you feel love towards yourself um and yours you know partly came from educating yourself and realizing how amazing your body was what What's the process that you take with clients to try and help them if there's probably a lot of women listening um to this podcast who have issues with their body, especially due to endometriosis, because there is this kind of self-loathing and self-hatred and a feeling that the body's let them down. And then, of course, you know, you might not feel healthy. um, You might not be able to exercise. So you might not be able to do the things that could boost you. So kind of what process could these women take that you use to kind of build that level of self-love?
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so the way that I, I tend to work is, you know, depending on whatever that what that person, sometimes, um, body positivity will have come from something quite specific. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time clients know where that's come from. So we work to reframe that and try and make the relationship they have with that. So it could be, um, you know, my, my dad was really, um, was really controlling and we weren't allowed certain foods in the house when I was young um, and so you you instinctively know or I will instinctively know we need to work on this idea of giving that person freedom to to choose what they want to eat and and you know take away the control um I think for women with with endometriosis a lot of a lot of what I would would say is things you know like acceptance like really learning to accept that this is their journey, this is their story. Um, and that, you know, the body, it's the body will will do what it needs to do and be in the place that it needs to be. And it's not something that you should feel angry about or annoyed about that, you know, you that you have this problem. Um, But actually just sort of learn to accept it and accept where your body is, um, and and work with it. I think very often when we have things like us, it's almost like we try and work against it. Um, but actually, it's almost like you've got to welcome it in. And you've got to welcome it to heal as well. Mm. Um, so lots of sort of meditations on, on healing, you know, visualize there being a lot of love around it, you know, treat it with love um, and acceptance versus trying to sort of, yeah, battle it. Um, I think is is quite important
0: and in terms of obviously I I imagine that there will be some women who feel that they can't accept it because it is so painful so when they're in that level of pain um you know they're going to be struggling with the idea of acceptance so I know that you you also specialize in women's health um so is there Is there something that we can do in terms of um, nutrition or the way we eat that can support us with endometriosis? And and that might help us to accept it more. You know, for example, I know to avoid caffeine, um, especially just before my period because it will make it so much worse. And then that makes it easier for me to go into my period feeling not good but better does that make does that make sense yeah um so it'd be it would be really interesting to hear like how you specialize in women's health and how you support women but also what we could do I know it will have to be general but what we can do to support our bodies
1: with that yeah completely it's interesting you've said already you know caffeine is Caffeine will cause inflammation in the body, especially if you have something like endometriosis. So, reducing inflammation is going to really help. Caffeine's one way of doing that, but also um, foods high in EPA and DHA, so things like wild caught fish. Um, I call them smash fish. So, <laughs> and mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and herring. Okay. Um, and then um definitely things like choosing sort of organic or the better quality. Um, You really want to be reducing any sort of pesticides or toxins that could affect estrogen and other hormones in the body. Um, So, you know, choosing organic can can often help. Um, Things like flax, hemp seeds, chia seeds, um, they help to improve estrogen levels um, and then also things like cruciferous vegetables so when we have um, so the cruciferous vegetables things like broccoli cabbage um, cauliflower they're Mm. really good at helping liver detoxification okay when we have hormone imbalance in the body um, a lot of the time it's a case of there could be an overload of a specific hormone and what we need to be doing is ridding of that excess Um, And so having a really good liver liver function is going to help with that because it means that your liver is basically well prepared to detoxify anything that's that's in excess.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And then basically sort of avoiding things like refined sugar, uh, which is I mean, that's always going to be a bit of a general like, yeah, we shouldn't be eating as much refined sugar. But I think specifically when you've got things like endometriosis, yeah, um, it is going to increase the pain um inflammation and when we see sort of you know inflammation in the body that um inevitably de- decreases immune function as well so you know we always want our immune function to be absolutely optimum yeah the same applies for alcohol you know it will increase inflammation and and, and reduce your immune function um things like caffeine as we've said um there's there's quite a lot of research to show that dairy products um, conventional dairy products are high in things like steroids and pesticides so again you know either choosing organic um certainly choosing organic where possible um and sort of you know limiting your intake as well um and i would say the same for meat you know if you had a very rich meat diet it might be worth looking at reducing that just in in in, in um basically to to sort of reduce inflammation in the body so you know there's there's a lot of nutritional things that you can do and obviously this is a bit of a sort of general and it really will depend on you know person to person yeah but that can certainly certainly help
0: and what else do you specialize with within women's health like what other areas do you support women with i know endometriosis is one of them
1: yeah all all sorts really um i sort of say women's health just because i predominantly work with women um oh, okay. so you know it's I, I i work um with pcos is something i'm seeing a lot so polycystic ovaries mm. um fertility um and you know hormones really um i'm seeing a lot of a lot of women who have been on the pill for a long time their periods are sort of struggling to come back or they're very weak so we're sort of trying to um, you know, get that, fl- that get that flow back. Um, things like, you know, fertility, there's a lot of women who are trying to, to have babies, um, and need to get their sort of diet in the right, in the right place. Stress plays a huge part in that. And a lot of it, to be honest. So, um, you know, I work with a lot of women and sort of reducing stress levels and eating foods that are going to support them through stressful, you know, stressful periods in their life. Um, and yeah try and try and reduce that stress. Um, that's really
0: interesting. Is there any just because i I don't actually cover fertility very much on um endo life just because it's not really one of the areas that I'm knowledgeable on, but um obviously it does affect some women with endometriosis if they want children um is there anything that you you're talking about like foods to help support stress? Is there anything that you could recommend with that?
1: Yeah, so any again, anything to reduce inflammation, mm. your omega, you know, your good omegas, um, you know, a, a diet rich in fruits and vegetables, things like magnesium, you know, it, it generally when we're stressed, it can often uh, affect our sleep. Yeah. So, you know, and how well we're, like, things like magnesium, you know, it affects, well, it, it supports about 300 different mechanisms in the body. Wow. Um, And a lot of us are magnesium deficient Mm. just because a lot of the time it's because of the soil. So whereas the soil used to have sort of five years on or six years on and then one year off in order to sort of recuperate and regain all of its nutritional benefits, now soil is just being overworked and overworked and never kind of having that time. Um, And so we're seeing uh, magnesium deficiency a lot more than we used to, um, apparently, according to various research papers so yeah things like you know magnesium and then you know reducing sort of high sugar foods as well um a lot of the you know similar things for stress will be similar things for endometriosis Mm. because it's you know what's causing um inflammation in the body um so we'll always look at you know supporting the immune system as well um and then of course when you get into supporting immune system and 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 stress then you're always going to be looking at the gut. So how is the gut functioning? Um, it really, really important and something that's, you know, very, very deep and very different for everyone. But um, increasing foods like sauerkraut, um, kefir, you know, sauerkraut's an easy one. You could have a tablespoon of that a day um, or, you know, take a, a good quality probiotic or do it, you know, a course of um, Simprove or something. Yeah. Uh, to To support the gut, and that is going to help with with all sorts of different things. I mean, there's more and more research coming out on links to the gut and depression. Um, yes, the gut and stress, the gut and hormone issues, the gut, and you know, it's. I, I think we're we're starting to really see actually the power of of good gut health.
0: And do you find a lot of women with endometriosis um, or any other like hormonal conditions actually have a lot of gut issues because I know so many of them do have problems like have stomach sensitivities a lot of bloating um, and it can often be misdiagnosed as IBS so yeah. do you often find that the women you treat with endo do have these gut problems that you have to work with
1: yeah yeah sometimes yeah sometimes and that's something that you know maybe that they that they've always had I think a lot of us are quite sensitive um, in the gut. Mm. Um, and you know, it's like IBS. You, you know, there's, there there isn't like a, a routine with it in a sense. And I get people that are like, I eat this and one day it's fine. And then the next day I eat it and I get really bad bloating. You know, and, and I think there's just so many other factors. It's like, well, how's your body feeling? Are you tired? Were you stressed? Yeah. You know, where, where were you in your cycle? Like all of these things um can play a different you know can play a different role but yeah certainly um gut health is important
0: and um I remember some um and she was actually a naturopathic nutritionist that I spoke to um said that if your gut was in like a bad place for example there was a lot of bad bacteria um if you started taking is it probiotics or prebiotics it's like two, two different types. Two
1: different they? types, yeah. So things like sauerkraut are both pre and and pro. Okay. So they kind of help the they they help the the area um, to support the growth of the probiotic. Um, whereas a probiotic supplement will just be replacing or adding in more of the good and less of the bad. Ah, uh, okay. You need a good breeding ground for the for the good, you know. To start with so prebiotics kind of help with that um,
0: uh, okay that yeah. makes sense so she was saying to me um that if you've got a lot of bad bacteria if you start taking prebiotics and probiotics that you could actually be causing the bad bacteria to carry on growing and that you need to kill that off kill the bad bacteria off first is that does that make sense to you does that
1: yes yeah. Yeah, that that would make sense. Certainly with someone who ha- maybe has more of a candida or a really bad sort of uh, gut microbiome, you would need to look at kind of trying to filter out a lot of that bad bacteria before you start putting in the good. Um, so that's where you would have a, a very solid sort of gut protocol. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so if, if someone was um, – I'm just trying to think before, like – people start taking those probiotics (laughs) we make the problem worse it's better to check with like a like a nutritionist like yourself first absolutely Absolutely. because it's all very
1: well saying oh well it must be that i need to take a probiotic um you know actually you don't want to be wasting your money on something that actually maybe needs a little bit more support or it could be something else going on you know Mm. Um, there's lots of different issues that we see with the gut it's not just a, a one one fits all kind of solution
0: yeah no that makes sense and speaking of because i know you said uh you know paying a lot of money on expensive products and stuff are there any good general supplements that you like to recommend to your clients with endometriosis for example i know you're talking about you know omegas because i'm i avoid dairy i have like um a vegan omega oil which is like in an absorbable form because i know it can be quite difficult to absorb it sometimes so is there anything that you like just a general good supplement that you recommend to your endo women
1: yeah um fish oils absolutely um a thousand milligrams a day there's lots of different fish oils out there um so really it depends on you know what budget they have and i will advise according to that mm-hmm. but fish oil will always be in there um and as you say you can get kind of vegan fish oils these days which is always good um, Probably something like a um, B complex. If I think that they're low in B vitamins, mm-hmm. certainly don't eat a huge amount of of meat, um, and I'll always try and get things in from food. But if I think they are struggling with something, then I might I might put in a B complex. Um, it's really crucial for estrogen levels and, and hormone balance okay. um things like milk thistle you know we've really got to look at supporting the liver um so things like milk thistle can, can do that um by supporting liver detoxification um and then things like essential oils actually um oh really age is always really nice so it's known to sort of help balance hormones um and found to be um i'm sure i've read a study on it somewhere which is why it's in my notes but um to reduce the symptoms of endometriosis and you can use it topically on the um on the abdomen or you can um use it in the bath or obviously sort of breathe it in so yeah i think you know that's always a, a nice alternative um and i think it's, it, with with supplements, it's always, you know, it's always good to get what you need from food first. Yeah. Then look at, you know, what you might need support with with supplements. Otherwise, you can end up taking, you know, three or four different supplements. And, you know, it, it ends up being, being quite expensive. Yeah, so we be looking definitely. at, right, well, let's look at getting the B vitamins in through the diet. And, you know, let's look at getting the omegas in through the diet and then see how we go after that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Thank you. Um,
0: Also, in regards to diet and nutrition, you mentioned this on your website that, you know, there is a lot of like noise in the wellness industry. And I think the wellness industry is brilliant. Um, I think it's, you know, been a long time coming. And it's nice to see how the industry is changing. But there are trends and it can be really overwhelming when you're trying to heal yourself you're trying to get have a better relationship with your body or you're trying to work with endometriosis to kind of work out what is because everything everything sounds essential when I read about you know like a new a superfood or like a they highlight a certain vitamin everything sounds really really essential so you're like oh I have to have that I have to have that I have to have that and your work with intuitive eating kind of takes you back to yourself and avoids getting lost in all of that noise. What? How would you recommend women kind of do their research on what they need and listen to their bodies without getting caught up in all of that trend and all of the hype that's out there?
1: Yeah, okay, so um, there is a lot of noise um first things first I I would go and see a specialist. you know go and see if if it's nutrition um or life coaching you know that you think that you need help with go and see someone Mm. um because you know I think a lot of the time it's that you you do need that guidance you need that that one-to-one communication with someone it's all very well googling and then trying bits and pieces but actually you know investing in someone who knows what they're talking about and knows what you know ideally will be best best for you to sort of nurture um is always gonna you know is always gonna win yeah um and then I think you know cultivate a a healthy relationship with your intuition and a healthy relationship with your more um doesn't you, you know i'm gonna say spiritual self it doesn't need to say that, but you know there are a lot of things that you can do meditation is one of them you know I call it my my non negotiables. Um, meditation has such huge effects, um, not just on the mind, on mind health, but the body as well. Um, and it's something you can do for free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so cultivate those sort of Yeah, really good self care rituals and um, uh, and develop, you know, that that connection with your intuition. Whether that's sort of journaling or meditation or um I don't know you know doing a mindfulness course or something um you know these are all ways that actually you can really you know it can really be helped um and and things that you can do for yourself that i think will will not just benefit that one thing that you're looking to change I think it you know it tends to sort of grow and sort of develop and support all areas of your life as well yeah um yeah so me- meditation's one of my non-negotiables um I wake up in the morning and I always just check in with my body and my you know just how am I feeling um do you do that in bed so like yeah yeah, just wake up, it's like, right, how am I feeling? And that would determine what I'm going to eat for my breakfast, you know, whether I'm um, going to take the dogs for a walk first thing or whether I might actually wait and do it a bit later on in the day. Um, you know, you've got to, every day is going to be different and every day your body's going to be feeling different. Yeah. I see so many, so many people that are just like at the gym every day, six o'clock. I have just, that used to be me but now it's just not Mm. and I'm okay with that like I much prefer waking up really slowly and like having a couple of hours to just sort of like spend time with my partner watch the news read the papers um you know just really sort of take things so I might have a little stretch I'll do some meditation um I used to be up and out the door and actually that just made me feel stressed yeah Um, so you know like you know you've got to learn what works for you Um, I love setting intentions you know I do live very very mindfully and in the moment but I really love sort of on a I'm a big to-do list person and um, I love journaling and you know on a sort of on a yearly like at the end of last year sort of just really reflected on everything that had happened and then how I wanted to feel in 2018 and you know, put a few things in place for that. Um, journaling's a really good way of of dealing with emotions and um, helping to sort of, you know, manifest the life that you want to live really. Um, it's also really good to help you process. So certainly I suppose if you've got endometriosis and it's something that you feel quite angry about, um, that might help you to kind of, you know, yeah, process more, process and overcome really good trauma or anger or unwanted feelings that you might have um yeah and then you know just those self-care, self-care rituals you know I think we've we've become quite um quite accustomed to sort of putting ourselves at the bottom of the list you know like where are we on the priority list we should always be at the top but yet yeah, we tend to put everything else first and I'm you know keen on getting everyone to put themselves back at the top of that priority list so you've got to keep your your glass full in order to be the best that you can for, for everyone else in your career and, every, you know, in your relationships. Um, but we sort, sort, sometimes forget that and then it's – we get the last thought and I always find that quite sad.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely, definitely is. And we were talking about that before, Um, you know, I started recording it. And when you mentioned it, I wanted to ask you about your self-care rituals because you said that yours are quite extensive um, and – you know and i know you've just mentioned some of them but what like how do you look after yourself in terms of self-care so you you take longer in the mornings and i guess you've moved to the coast which is a massive yeah. <laughs> it's like a big self-care move isn't it
1: Beautiful, yeah and it's interesting that like i was saying you know that sort of stillness space it just kept coming up everywhere i'd be like you know at a sound bath and I just have this like little, you need space, you need stillness. I was like, where is this coming from? You know, like I've created this life in London, I'm fine. Mm. Um, but I did feel that there was something missing. I think I needed physical space um, around me, and which I've, which I've created. You know, I've gone from a one bed that I shared with my partner and our two dogs and a cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite intense um to you know a a house we have a house now and a garden I have physical space but also the sort of mental space of leaving the house and it not being busy all the time
0: yeah it
1: got to me actually I remember going to India for holiday and came back and just went to the shop you know to get milk and bread and the basics and I was just like oh my god there's just so many people on the street I can't handle it yeah and it, yeah so so that you know I've really I really listen to to my intuition I really connect with it and I really nurture that the relationship I have with it so I do meditate every day um things like um yeah my my sort of quality time in the morning I really think that you know the way that you spend your morning um or the way that you start and end your day ultimately sets you up you know for for the day itself and then in the evening for the day for the next day ahead yeah um, Sleep's massively important to me. I never used to sleep a lot, um as I say, like that alarm would be on six o'clock mm. and now it's like i I rarely set an alarm unless I have to I know I have to be up at a certain time, like I have to be somewhere for nine thirty um and obviously, I will set an alarm, but generally, I'll try as much as I can to kind of try and um and just sort of give myself that time in the morning. I generally always wake up um but I think it's important and if and 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 I think it was funny. I remember when I was doing some um, some vedic meditation training with a guy called Will Williams, and I was doing quite a lot of teaching quite a lot of yoga in London and I was doing a lot of private, so I was like there at sort of seven in the morning to, obviously to teach people before they went to work. Oh my gosh, yeah' I like, well how am I gonna get my meditation practice in? And He was like, we'll just set you on arm half an hour earlier. I was like, yeah, but that setting it up, setting it at 5.30, and he was like, just do it. And actually, he was right, because setting it for 5.30 still gave me that time to do my meditation. And I guarantee I felt a lot better than just sort of, you know, setting it for six and being out the door immediately. Yeah. Just having half an hour. So, you know, sometimes actually setting an alarm is good, because it's like, right. I know I can do my meditation have my breakfast read the paper and have have had a nice morning before I have to leave you know to get to work um what else do I do um things like I mean obvious things bath time I'm a big bath person you know (laughs) um get the get the salts in flush the toxins use loads of essential oils um Things like that is really, you know, really important. I think we're quite, by. I think humans by nature have a natural instinct for the need of rituals. Um, I think it's our time to sort of slow down and find silence in in what is a very busy world. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I do invest in in things like, I have reflexology once a week. um, Lovely, I'd love to try reflexology, I've never tried it. I love it, I I just love people touching my feet. This is, it must be my thing, um, but, and I have you know acupuncture every sort of six weeks. I I just try and keep myself to, you know I constantly top myself up. Whether that's things that I do for free, mm. like having a bath and a digital detox, um you know, like one night a week we'll just turn off you know not have the telly on and not look at our phones and just have a bath and read our books and go to bed and like. I really enjoy that it's it sort of it's sometimes I just need that little reset versus constantly feeling like I'm looking at something or doing something um you know to then you know investing in yourself I think there's a wonderful woman called Holly who has a company called we undo she's a reflexologist oh and she, yeah
0: I follow her and I love
1: her Instagram feed it's so beautiful yeah, she's wonderful. she she got in touch with me ages and ages and ages ago and um gave me a, a treatment and um, I really like her approach because you know she's she's really right in saying that we see things like reflexology and massage as like oh my god I'm now so tired or so run down that I need to go for a massage and right. actually we should be seeing it as maintenance yeah you know it shouldn't be that thing that we 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 hit rock bottom and then think I'm now going to go and sort myself out actually we should be incorporating these things into um into our into our lives as as maintenance and i think there's a lot to be said for that you know like meditation is my maintenance it keeps me thinking clearly and and concentrating and feeling well um and i know i know how i feel if i if i you know if it slips and i, and I just don't let it slip um so you know and and, and i know that you know costs can come into these things but there are always ways to to get you know get it for for cheap can you swap your skills with someone or can you go you know is there somewhere local that has like um reflexology training and then you can go and you know have someone who's training for like a 10 you know 10 pounds versus 40 pounds and i always think it's worth sort of you know trying to get your trying to get yourself care in
0: yeah that makes so much sense. Like the the topping up and not letting it get to the point where there's nothing, there's nothing left. I yeah. think that's very much the society that we're living in at the moment. And
1: push, 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 push. Yeah. And you we, can't push anymore, and then you fall down, mm-hmm. and then you've actually got to piece of all of those things back together. And actually, if we just took some time sort of every week, every day to just do those things for us. You know how different would we feel? I think there's a lot to be said for it. Being healthily, I call it being healthily selfish. You know, yeah. Like saying no to things that I just don't want to do because I know I'd rather um, be having a bath than getting an early night because I know I'm going to feel good for it. You know, it's yeah.
0: It's,
1: that's, that's just, yeah, It's it's really
0: important. Did it take you a while to get to that level of, um, kind of allowing and not having that guilt
1: yeah it did it did take me a while actually but yeah you do i think it does take you a bit of time to be like i am going to go out and have a massage and get my nails done and i'm going to turn my phone off and you know that's what's going to happen today and then you'll be get you know get friends being like oh my god i was really worried about you like where were you and it's like well i was just having a me day actually you know like you don't have to be rude about it there's a really good book Um, it's called the magical, the life changing magic of not giving a fuck. I've heard about this so much
0: and I've never picked
1: it up. Everyone should read this book. Um, she talks about things in like time, energy and money. And so say, you know, it's your birthday and you're my best friend and you want to go to karaoke for your birthday. And I hate karaoke. It makes me (laughs) anxious. Like I don't want to go. I'm going to basically invest time, energy, and money to go to your birthday party when I really don't want to go and I hate karaoke. Now, is it better for me? She explains in the book to say no, thanks, but I'll take you out for dinner in the you know in our own time. Um, yes, because then you will invest time, energy, and money in doing something that you really want to do with your friend one on one it makes so much sense to me that we're just constantly like, oh yeah but I've got to do that because of this and I've got to say yes for this and and yes 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 yes, yes. constantly getting rid of time energy and money um on shit that we don't want to do yeah <laughs> and I think it's it's really it's you know it's good to learn and she sort of says you know there's ways of saying it but I think you're just you know putting putting boundaries up boundaries are important and I guess all of this goes back to
0: self-love really it's you know loving yourself enough and respecting yourself enough to put these boundaries in place and to make that time for yourself
1: yeah completely that's all it is it's just you know setting your own boundaries and just knowing what works for you and what doesn't
0: yeah completely thank you so much Pandora I think that's such a lovely place to close on with self-care I just think it's really important especially as we're moving into a new year it's a good kind of you know intention to go into to show ourselves a little bit yeah. more self-love and self-care yeah, um, completely. thank you so much for coming on the podcast My pleasure. it's been absolutely wonderful having you on um and if people want to find you where can they go
1: um so they can have a look at www.rootedlondon.com um and then i'm at rooted london on instagram Um, everything's on the website and yeah you can have a look on Instagram and you can direct email me or call me from there so that's it my next program online intuitive eating program launches on Tuesday so the 9th of January Um, and yeah and then I will be being very healthily selfish and taking (laughs) some time out to become a mother Um, exciting um, around March time um but I'm pretty sure things will start picking up again around July. I'll st- I'll definitely be doing introducing an online course um around July time. So okay. I'll still be I'll still be, you know, um visible but just kind of working behind the scenes on something I've never worked on before.
0: <laughs> well congratulations again and thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh such a pleasure. Take care.
0: So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and you got something from it. Please rate, review and or subscribe. It will help others to find the podcast. If you want to say hi to me, I'm on Instagram at this underscore endolife. I'm on Twitter at this underscore endolife with a capital T E and L. And I'm on Facebook at thisendolife.com. As I said um last week, it is better to get hold of me on Instagram because I, I just i don't really do that much on twitter and facebook you can also head over to my site thisendolive.com to read my thoughts and tips and yeah advice on living with endo and i also have a column in endometriosis news thank you so so much for listening and for going on this journey with me um i'm really loving doing this and just really glad to be back And I will see you in two weeks. I hope you guys have a pain-free fortnight.